push a little D up The US Air Arena is the place that's gonna heat up Stepped up, get swept up, you know you get devoured By Cheney, Strickland, and Jawan Howard It's the Washington Bullets, make no mistake We're playing tough D and getting out on the break We're all about the defense, the dogs and the slams And man, that's the reason I'm a Bullets fan The folks, this is Mike Freda from BulletsForever.com And we are recording a podcast again I know it's been a long time but you know what? When John Wall is possibly coming to the Wizards with the number one pick, you gotta record a podcast. It's kind of the unwritten rule of podcasting. So yeah, um, I'm here. Kyle is in Chicago, but on the line we got a special guest. We have Glenn Logan. He's the uh, webmaster of SB Nation's fantastic, and I really mean fantastic, Kentucky blog. Glenn, how you doing? Fine, Mike. How are you? I'm doing good. This must be kind of interesting for you, where you got like you know basically your entire team going through the draft process. It's like, oh hey, that guy he played on my team, and that guy too, that guy too. It must be kind of kind of interesting to kind of follow all this stuff. It really is. I mean, you know, we had a lot of years there where we didn't have hardly anybody in in the draft, and that was really, you know, and then you'd see all these guys from North Carolina and from Duke and people from UCLA coming in the draft being one and two draft picks. And we've never been in the position, as far as I know, ever to have a guy lined up for number for the I can't remember. Sam Bowie, I think, was number two. I think it was the closest we ever got. Mm-hmm. And we've certainly never been in a situation where we had the potential of three or possibly even four lottery picks. That just seems remarkable to us. Yeah, maybe '96 is probably the only other time I could think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a bunch of guys kinda... captain, but not not first rounders like this. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I know you probably weren't thinking when the lottery was happening. Oh, I would maybe like I really want John Wall to go to Team X. But I guess if you saw once you found out it was the Wizards, and let's be real, John Wall was going to be the first pick. Once you found out it was the Wizards, I know you probably don't know that much about them, but did you kind of have a preference of where you wanted him to go or where you wanted all your Kentucky guys to go? Oh, no. No, I really don't. Because, because frankly, I mean, I see uh, the Wizards were fine with me. I mean, I think the Wizards, uh, they they need – I would love to see them get back into the sort of the in the competitive nature in the NBA again. They, they mm. were there for a while. I think they can be better again. And then, of course, they moved around. I think uh, they used they got renamed. What were they before they were the Wizards? They were the, the, bullets. the bullets. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, I recall uh, I recall that. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, though, Mike, I don't really care where these guys go. I'm fine with with all of them. Uh, I don't follow too many NBA teams. I do follow a little bit the Celtics because Rondo's mm-hmm. on there, and I really liked his game. Uh, and, you know, the Pistons because Tayshaun. But quite frankly, we just haven't had that many players to follow in the NBA, so it's exciting for us. Speaking of Rondo, you mentioned his name. Um, Obviously a lot of comparisons between John Wall and Rondo, especially now with the way Rondo's playing. Based on what you've seen of both of them, how do you think they compare? Well, I think they're quite different. Uh, Rondo is – he's hard to really pigeonhole. Rondo does a lot of things that – that Wall, it's not that Wall can't do, but he doesn't do. Rondo uh, will, he doesn't have the, the blazing quickness you think he has. He's really just very, very, he's always under very good control. And wherever he goes, he knows how to get there first. Well, John Wall will beat you with sheer, brutal, plain, what we call main force athleticism. 
I mean, his, his whole thing, Wall's whole thing, is to get going fast. And once he gets going fast, there's almost nothing you can do. I mean, you can't get in front of him, and he has tremendous control of his body when he gets in the air. So he doesn't have to worry as much as many other players about getting caught up in the air, you know, with no place to go. Because he can almost always find some place to go. So he's just, he's just an amazing talent, and they play it two totally different ways. I mean, Rondo's more of a controlled player. Uh, John is just a, just a streak. When he gets the ball, all he wants to do is go full, full speed as fast as he can. Teach Now, when you heard about, I mean, all the stuff you heard about John Wall from high school, I mean, based on what you had heard, I mean, like, did you expect to get the kind of season that you got out of John Wall, um, whether both positively and negatively? I mean, is this was he kind of what you expected when you kind of had heard about him coming out of high school? I think, really, he was a better shooter than, than uh, mm-hmm. we thought he was coming out of high school. Coming out of high school, his rep was that he couldn't really shoot the perimeter shot reliably. And he really didn't shoot it that reliably, but it was better than we expected. Uh, he also had, uh, you know, I don't think anything else was much of a surprise, though, to be honest with you, except for the fact that he he really showed remarkable maturity for such a uh, for such a young guy. And he 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 didn't, you know, everybody kind of had the impression that he might have been a bit of a problem child back then. He got in a tiny amount of trouble right at the end where he kind of wandered into a, a house that was empty and got charged with a trespass or something like that. But mm-hmm. that appears to be just a silly little childish thing. That Because while he was at Kentucky, he had terrific grades. He had a 3.5 in his first semester. He, he aced uh, summer school when he was there. And he's just been, he's been nothing but great. Yeah, I mean, that, it's interesting you mentioned these intangibles. The one thing, I was at Flip Saunders' press conference, and one thing that people they asked him about is kind of maturity and, his, you know, his intangibles. And, you know, Flip kept talking about he doesn't have any tattoos, you know, he, he um, you know, does all the things that you mentioned. Um, what I'm kind of curious about is, so he's got all these great attributes. How do you think that's going to affect him at the NBA level? I mean, where, what, what, how much of an advantage is it to have, you know, this, these great intangibles, you know, the great academics, he's rarely in trouble. You know, what, what kind of advantage do you think that will provide for him? Well, I think what you're going to find from him is that he comes in and he is a professional from day one. I don't think you'll find that he has a learning curve to speak of uh, as far as how to behave as a player in the in the National Basketball Association. He's going to come in there and be a professional from day one. He's going to, he's going to treat his teammates great. He was a wonderful teammate by all accounts. He treated uh, the opposition great. He never talked smack. He he smiles a lot. He he's incredibly engaging, and he's fun to watch. So he's going to bring things that maybe you haven't seen him. Mean, he's not going to have. There's no surly demeanor going on with this guy. Mm-hmm. If you if you if you think maybe Gilbert Arenas was flaky and surly or whatever, you won't see that from this kid. All you're mm-hmm. going to see out of him is smiles and dunks 
and flying athletic crazy stuff and a lot of bat, a lot of balls going in the basket and a lot of assists and a lot of steals. I mean, he's just he's just that good. Yeah, oh, that sounds no, that sounds pretty awesome. And you know, especially that's been a, a bit of a concern, not because of anything that Wall brings to the table or any of his you know intangibles, but just that you know, is there a concern that like maybe that the the locker room mentality, the locker room dynamics, you know, are going to almost corrupt John Wall. It's nice to hear that you don't think that that's going to be an issue at all. I don't. I mean, he 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 was. I mean, there was a great fear that there would be some friction between all these highly ranked players. I mean, you had Eric Bledsoe as a point guard. You had John Wall as a point guard. Those two guys got along famously. Cousins and Wall got along great. And Cousins, you know, he's got a rep, not completely undeserved for being a surly type, but he and Wall were just, you know, just as tight as as they could possibly be. And I think it's amazing that, you know, John Wall was the guy you would have expected to be the one that might come in with a bit of an attitude, be a bit of a a discipline problem, and nothing could be further from the truth. To to tell you the truth, he he could not have behaved better in any respect basketball-wise or off the court. So, uh, you know, I think that's – can he be corrupted? I don't know, maybe. I'm not that familiar with how things go in the NBA locker room, but I can tell you that if there is a kid who can withstand all that and come out smelling like a rose, it, it would be John. Well, that's, that's really great to hear. Um, you know, you talked about all these other kind of people on Kentucky, all these kind of highly tatted guys, the cousin, the Bledsoe, and how they're able to kind of mesh a lot better than you were you expected – it's interesting to me that John Wall, at least statistically, wasn't quite – it wasn't bad, but he wasn't quite as impressive um, as I maybe would have expected as, in terms of kind of his scoring and his assists. Um, how much of that do you think has to do with all the talent that was around him, you know, and that he had all these guys that had to, you know, get their shots, get their numbers, and he had to kind of, you know, get them, you know, their stuff, where statistically maybe he would have suffered a bit? Well, I mean, if you if – I, I look at his – statistics and i see let's see john wall is the all-time leader uh in assists as a freshman at kentucky with 241 the next closest one is dirk minifield and Ray and rajon rondo is 118 uh that's not a bad stat i'm i'm, I'm saying best all-time at kentucky kentucky eight national championships hey we're not our seven national championships we're not bad uh then you got Rajon Rondo, who led in steals. He he has he led uh, Kentucky as a freshman all time in steals, eighty seven. And John Wall is second behind him in sixty six. So John, you know, it wasn't just about scoring points for him. He scored whenever when we would you had several games where we'd go to John Wall because he was the kind of player who could get his own shot. And you know when when they're you know how it is. It's the same way in the NBA when you're tight and defen- defenses are really clamping down on you. It's late in the shot clock. You always need the guy that you can throw the ball to that knows that no matter where he is on the floor, he can get you a look at the basket. John was that guy. And when you have that, when you do that, you miss a good percentage of those, but you make you know you make the big ones. I mean, he he won a couple of games for us on last minute shots, last second shots. I mean, so he is uh, you know his statistics maybe aren't. You know, up there with like uh, Evan Turner or somebody like that, but right. but a lot of it, as you say, was due to there was plenty of people who could score baskets on the Kentucky on the Kentucky team this year. There was no shortage. Right. Yeah, no, actually, I kind of was thinking in terms of Evan Turner, um, but kind of going, you know, the one other the alternative view of kind of like the, all the great players in this team is that there are more guys on this team that could 
kind of finish his passes or, you know, make it, you know, so the defense couldn't, you know, pinpoint on him as much. So that that's the flip side of that argument. What do you think about that side where, you know, it's sure statistically he was great, but he also had the help of arguably the most productive big man in the country and, you know, um, you know all these other guys. Yeah, and that's a fair point. And, you know, it's really hard to be too definitive about it. But if you think about it, this also is one of the reasons those other guys were so productive is because everybody was keying on John Wall. Right. He got the basketball. There was always people shadowing him off other people. And a lot of cousins, there's no telling how many easy baskets he got because John Wall would drive the ball into the middle of the defense. And, of course, people collapsed when you do that. They knew who he was, and they knew that he could really finish at the rim. So as soon as John Wall got inside the free throw line, help always came. And so, you know, John Wall jumps up, throws a pass to Cousins, he dunks the basketball. I mean, how easy does that have to be? He doesn't get credit. Wall doesn't get credit for all the things he created for those guys because mm-hmm. it's so easy to say, well, they were great anyway. Well, they weren't that great. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins uh, was, uh, you know, was a great offensive rebounder, but he really wasn't a very good offensive player. Uh, he had that one spin move that he used to great effect, but it's not as if he would take people off the dribble or, or, or do do amazing things. He, what he did was he take the ball off the backboard and put it back in. I mean, you know, that's a talent to be sure, but it's not like you're not. You know, we can't think of Cousins as I don't know as a Dwayne Wade or a, a, I don't know some better comparison like that. Some right, you know, uh, you know, Paul Pierce. He's not like that. He doesn't have those kind of skills. Huh. Uh, and John, he didn't need him with John Wall because John Wall did all that for him. John Wall would drive into the middle, draw all the defense, throw the pass, and a lot of times all the big people had to do was dunk the basketball. Mm-hmm. So uh, in terms of this debate of, you know, well, Wall made his teammates or his teammates made Wall, you're definitively on the first, you know. Uh, Wall, Wall definitely had a more positive effect on them than they did on him. He would Wall would have been great no matter who you put on the on the floor with him. Right. It would not have mattered. And then they would have and he would have made all of them better if we'd have put all our second players in and John Wall in all the time. They all would have had great years. Because yeah. John Wall would have made them great. I mean he's that way. That's that's what he does. You got me where you want me again And I can't turn away I'm hanging by a thread And I'm feeling like a fall I'm stuck here right between The shadows of my yesterday I want to get away I need to get away Now you know Yeah, you got my back against the wall Oh God, I ain't got no other place to I want to talk a bit about the backcourt dynamic because Wall has basically played all year with another point guard. I mean, is it fair? It's fair to call Eric Bledsoe a point guard, you know? Yeah. yeah right. And so that's kind of if, assuming the Wizards do keep Gilbert Arenas, there's going to be some similarity in that Wall is going to be playing with another guy who plays best with when he can control the ball in a lot of situations. Can you just talk about how do you think Wall and Bledsoe were able to balance, you know, each other when, you know, let's be real, they kind of had some of the similar, you know, overlapping skills. 
Yeah. I mean, I think really one of the great things about Wall's ability was his ability to get the ball into the paint and into the painted area and force defensive rotation. Bledsoe was really good at moving around the perimeter, spotting up, and, and just playing off the ball. And Bledsoe wasn't as good with the ball in his hands as Wall was, so he, he just deferred. He knew he wasn't as good. To, to his credit, Bledsoe really understood the fact that he was not as good with the ball in his, in his hands as John Wall was, except in the open court, where Eric Bledsoe is very good with the ball. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, when we were in the half court a lot, uh, Bledsoe said, okay, definitely John needs to handle this because he's going to get me an open look, and he, and he would. And not only that, if, if I don't get an open look, he'll get me a chance to drive in and, and, and lay it in the basket. So he's going to get something good going. Whereas Bledsoe, you know, is a little less – he's not nearly as good in the air as Wall was. He, he was a little bit less tentative when it came to getting in there with the big guys. But Wall was fearless. He would take it right at a big guy because he knows he could always turn around and throw it back out. Bledsoe just wasn't as adept at that. He was a little bit less sure of himself and a little bit too right-handed. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's stuff that he has to work on. I mean, he has to, he has to work on being able to do it more to the left. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, that's obviously uh, something that I think he will get to. It's interesting you said, you know, Bledsoe kind of knew he wasn't quite as good at Wall at all the things that Bledsoe could do. So he let Wall take care of a lot of that stuff. One concern Wizards fans have is that Gilbert Arenas won't necessarily come to that same conclusion because of all the success he's had in this league. Was there ever any time when maybe Wall deferred to Bledsoe just to kind of keep Bledsoe happy or, you know, on some possessions where maybe they, they needed some diversity on offense? Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they shared the ball a lot. They, they I mean, if, if, if Bledsoe was having a good game, he would get the ball a lot more. You know, Wall would get him the ball early in the offense, give him a chance to operate. Um and sometimes he would. I mean, you know, it depends on your, you know, a lot of it depends on personnel. And plus, as I said before, all eyes were on John Wall at the time. They feared the guy, and rightfully so. I mean, he was, he was, a, he was a terrific finisher. If he ever got within, within, you know, arm's reach of the rim, it was all over 100% mm-hmm. of the time. It was, a, it was just scary stuff. But, so they were really concerned about him getting too close to the rim of the basketball. So Wall knew this, and, 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 he, and he would get the ball to Eric early in the offense when, when the matchups favored him. He was really, his basketball IQ is quite high. It's not, maybe not as off the charts as, as Rondo's has become, okay? I mean, Rondo was like that too early on. I mean, he, he always had a great basketball IQ. The problem with Rondo is that he was a little too difficult to, you know, he wouldn't. He's not quite the great teammate that 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 uh, right. or was back in those. He may be now, but he he wasn't back in those days like John Wall was. Mm-hmm. So it's a, so I guess I'm kind of curious. You know, I know you don't watch the Wizards that much, but do you think that there's going to be kind of some issues with a Wall Gilbert pairing, or do you think it's going to kind of work pretty seamlessly like Wall and Bledsoe did? I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, Arenas is a way bigger personality than uh, Eric Bledsoe. Uh, way bigger personality. I mean, right. the, the things he does, I mean, the things he's done over the time, this whole Agent Zero business and all that. I mean, uh, there's no question that Wall is going to have to defer to Arenas. I mean, that's just that's just straight up the way it is, and I'm sure he understands that. And how uh, how Arenas wants to run is probably how it's going to be. Uh, I don't know about the coach, how he's going to see that, but quite frankly, right. uh, the first year for Wall is going to be learning how to 
how to cooperate, and I think he will because he will. He will. He will. He he understands that Gilbert Arenas has been there and done that, and he wants to be that way. And he's not there yet, and he knows he can get there, but he's not there yet. So there's no question that John will uh, will take his cues from the from the veterans on this team. There's no question about that, and he'll do uh-huh. what, what he's told. I mean, if he's told to go out, look, you go, your job is to go out there and get the ball to our scores as soon as possible, and let Arenas finish the the play. If that's if that's what the coach tells him to do, that's what he's going to do. So, what do you think of the theory then that um, for Walt to really develop into a great player, he has to be kind of given you know the ball from the gate from day one without anyone who could possibly threaten kind of his you know control of the ball, um, and that's and he has to kind of learn by doing you know by doing that from day one. Um, what do you think of that theory? You think that that makes sense? Well, yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, I think it does, but 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 I also think that you know Wall is going to be fine being a complimentary player for a few years. He's going to be fine with that. A lot of NBA people, a lot of NBA players, who wind up great, wind up getting there that way. They wind up they start out as complimentary players and they develop their game. Wall has a lot of development. I mean, he's got to develop a perimeter shot that's more reliable. And from the NBA range, and John Wall, to be honest, I I, I did say that. Uh, uh, that uh, Bledsoe's shot was largely a set shot. Well, so is John Walls. Now he can shoot the ball off the bounce inside the arc, but he he won't be getting any looks from far away off the bounce. It's just not his game. He has to get within, say, the free throw line extended to really get a good mm-hmm. really get a good shot there uh, with a good chance of going in off the bounce. And he uh-huh. has to improve that. I mean, he's he's got to become he's got to become a bigger threat to score from outside because right. I, I think going into the NBA, uh, he's going to be not much of a threat to score from the perimeter. And of course, they the NBA is really great about adjusting to who can do what. Yeah, I know you weren't you you didn't really watch Memphis that closely under Cal Perry, but uh, what's interesting about kind of Wall as compared to say the two other point guards that have gone that are Cal Perry point guards that have gone high in the draft that have experienced success, you know, Derek Rose, Tyreek Evans, for the most part, I mean, Rose, I guess he had Ben Gordon his rookie year, but for the most part, those guys were given the ball from day one and said, this is your team. This mm-hmm. is how you should operate. Um, and I, it sounds like, you know, John, you don't think the same about John Wall. How else do you, how else do you feel John Wall compares to those two guys? Um, you know, in terms of his strengths, his weaknesses, and his other skills he brings. Well, I mean, he handles the ball really well. Uh, although he does have a tendency to turn it over sometimes on uh, uh, more off off the dribble and anything else. But one of the, one of the ways he excels beyond anybody is with his speed. Uh, with his ball in the hands, there's nobody in basketball anywhere that's as fast. Once mm-hmm. he goes, once he gets going, he's gone. I mean, you can't catch him. Uh, he just he just goes past you, and he will finish the play. There's not, the only way you can do is foul the heck out of him because he will finish it otherwise. And even if you do foul him, you'll finish it. Uh, so his strengths go with ball in his hands, moving what they call what you say is downhill. You know, running down the floor. Uh, he has no peer. But side to side, I mean, you know, I think Evans is better at that. At that, and so is Rose. Rose is a stronger player. Uh, he can, uh, you know, he's more physical. And John Wall is a little bit more of a finesse player. Uh, I think Evans, you know, being as big as he is, he's he's probably a better rebounder uh, than John Wall, and he's he's got uh, you know that that left hand thing gives him a little bit of an advantage even in the pros. So uh, 
you know, they're comparable in a lot of ways. Wall's biggest strength is his speed and his his leaping ability. I mean, he can bounce up in the air about 43, 44 inches. So he can really get, and he's 6'4", and he's got long arms. I'm, there's just about nothing you can do once he gets off the floor if you're a if you're another player going to the hoop. So his, mm-hmm. his big thing is going to be finishing at the rim, particularly on the fast break. In the half court, I think he's going to have to, uh, a lot of learning to do. And, yeah, he may, he may not develop as fast as Rose and, and Evans because they got the ball right away. I mean, but, but you've got arenas. I mean, unless you get rid of arenas, I don't see that happening. I just don't. Do you think it, that it's necessary for him to be put on the ball to develop faster, or do you think it kind of he can develop a little bit, develop fast, even without the ball? Yeah, I think he can develop without the ball. In fact, I, I think he needs to, to learn to play without the ball more. That was mm-hmm. something that we just never saw at Kentucky. Uh, I got gotcha. you. And, and as a guard in the NBA, you know, sometimes you're going to be asked to, to do that. And uh, he doesn't have that game. So, you know, I don't think it would hurt him to develop it. I don't expect him to, you know, to become a two-guard or anything like that. But he needs to be able to have the kind of skills where he can play with another point. I mean, that's a big advantage if you have that. If you don't have uh-huh. it, yeah, because you saw that with, with Bledsoe. He could, have, he could have done that. He could have, played, he could have played off the ball more. It didn't make sense for him to do that but because Bledsoe was a little bit more comfortable doing it than Wall was. But, you know, in this case, it, it may work out that he has to. There's a lot of strange men in cell block 10, but the strangest of them all was a friend of mine who spent his time staring at the wall, staring at the wall. In his hand was a note that his gal had wrote, and it proves that crime don't pay. Was the very same gal he robbed and stole for, naming her wedding day. Naming her wedding day As he looked at the walls so strong and tall I could hear him softly curse Nobody at all ever climbed that wall But I'm gonna be the first You talked a bit about uh, his half-court, how he, how Wall plays in the half-court. You know, he's, he's, a, he's great in transition, but, you know, half-court, he, he needs some, he still needs some development. The games I did watch of Kentucky... The ones they struggled in the most, you know, West Virginia is probably the best example. Teams kind of, you know, didn't let them get out on the open floor, kind of played some zone and really kind of concealed them to the half court. What other things does John have to do to kind of get better in that setting, especially in the NBA where the shot clock is slower and, you know, defenses are a little bit different? Yeah, I mean, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the main thing that, that will uh, – one thing that John Wall's going to have with him that we re- really didn't have a lot of at Kentucky was is ball handling. I mean, most NBA teams have quite a bit of ball handling. So he, mm-hmm. he doesn't have to handle the ball every time. You know, I mean, he, he, you, you, want him, you want him to handle it a lot, but he doesn't have to be the only guy that handles the basketball. Now, Bledsoe could handle some, and, he, and well, he can handle it great, but – at the same time, you know, you need more people where you, you don't fear a turnover as soon as they get the ball. And I think that's going to help Wall quite a bit. Um, you know, playing, you know, in the NBA defenses, I, I'm not sure. I see, what I see with them is the main weapon that is going to happen in, in Wall's case is he's going to get the ball off the break. If you get him the ball, I don't know what the NBA defenses are going to do. 
they're they're right. going to foul out all kinds of people trying to stop him because they they can't. You can't do it. It doesn't matter how fast you are. You're not fast enough. I mean, these guys. I mean, you're talking about the greatest athlete in the world. This guy is much faster. And he's he's the fastest he's the fastest end to end player I've ever seen. He, wow. he embarrassed people out there a lot of times. I mean, it's, it's, wow. there's never been anybody I've ever seen to compare to him. So what I think for him to do, his what he needs to do is use that skill as much as possible. Early so on. basically push the ball. The Wizards should be a more up tempo team this year. That's what I think. And yeah, I, I I totally agree. You know, yeah. and you know, especially I mean, Gilbert was a pretty fast player. They got some athletic big men. Yeah, they definitely do need to push the ball more. I I yeah, totally and, agree. And the great thing too, from the, from your point of view, is that he is really good on the secondary break. Assuming somebody just happens to be back in in position to stop him, he always finds people on the secondary break. Really good at that. Yeah. I, that seemed to me like Rondo's biggest strength, you know, in the NBA, just mm-hmm. watching him. Just, so you think Wall kind of has that same characteristic. Yeah, Rondo is so good at just kind of, you know, pushing the ball up the floor and then kind of using the defense's confusion against them, whether it's finding Ray Allen for an open three or KG on a mismatch. seems like that's what he's so good at to me. And oh, Wall, too, you think has that skill. Yeah, I absolutely do. I mean, he, he's very, very good. Anytime that Wall gets out in the open floor – it's it's a if he's got the ball in his hands you've got problems. I mean it's just it's just if he especially if he gets if he gets if he gets like one on two or, or you know one on three is a little tough but if he gets one on two you're not going to be able to stop him. You're just not going. You don't have to foul him. He's going to get yeah. to the rim. And if you're one on three he's going to find somebody uh, coming up behind. So uh-huh. that's where that's where he needs to get the ball. And if you got a lot of athletes like that can really run the floor. You need to. Re- that's how. That's how John Wall can run. Because the biggest problem we had was guys like Cousins and even Patterson a little bit who could. And they ran the floor, but they couldn't run with him. I mean, right. you know, I mean it was just like you know they, he would wear them down. They would be tired. That's why Cousins didn't even play a lot. He got tired. I mean, you know, he lumbered up and down the floor. He, I think his 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 uh, his body fat was never better than about fourteen percent. I mean, he yeah, pumping up and down the floor trying to run and. You know, they don't take too many trips before he gets tired. <laughs> Wall just doesn't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. The Wizards' big men seem to have certainly aren't perfect, but I don't think that's going to be their problem. Not with Andre Blatch and Javale McGee, maybe Blatch. Um, but uh, one thing I'm curious about, uh, kind of switching gears a little bit, is you know, in the NBA, the biggest difference between the NBA and college is NBA teams run a lot more pick and roll. You know, and I think you know. So I guess I'm kind of curious, you know, how is Wall running that pick and roll, especially in a half court set? You know, I wish I could tell you. Uh, we hardly ever <laughs> ran pick and roll. We hardly ever ran it. We uh, it it will be. He's going to, have to learn how to run it because we just didn't do it. I mean, we we ran pick and rolls, you know, twice a game. Okay, wow. and that's it. Yeah, well, we didn't need to. You stick you stick Cousins and Patterson down on the block, and you let Wall drive into the into the middle of the. Uh, Offense and and you got wide open shooters everywhere. I mean, it's it's the easiest offense in the world to run if you got enough pe- if you got the right people. But uh, I mean, it's just a straight post up, and you know, when you're playing, you defeat. We didn't use the dribble drive, the famous dribble drive motion that Cal Perry right. Did. Never used it. I bet we didn't use it ten times all year. Didn't wow. need it. Didn't need it. Why? We didn't have the people for it anyway. I mean, can you imagine Cousins on the dribble drive? It would have been yeah. up. <laughs> you know, or, or even Patterson, you know, he's not too bad, but, but he's really not a ball handler, you know, per se. And you need some ball handlers if you're going to run that. Uh-huh. 
Right, so anyway, right. That, that's kind of why that happened. And, and, and the reality of it is I do not know what's going to happen in the pick and roll, John. I assume he'll be good at it once he learns it, but he didn't play it at Kentucky. That's all I'll tell you. Yeah, I mean, I guess I know you don't really know, but, I mean, based on what you do know about John Wall, is there any way you can project how, you, how he'll do on that those kinds of plays? I mean, based on how well he handles the ball, maybe how well his passing instincts, I mean, do you think he'll be good at it? You know, the best pick-and-roll players in the NBA are good three-point shooters. Uh, so huh. I think Paul has to develop that skill, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, you got to have that threat out there for people. To, but he can beat you off the bounce. I mean, if – you know, if if he gets the pick and he, he he will, I mean, if he turns the corner on you, he can. He's not as fast in the half court as he is, you know, in the full court. That's that's uh, if you're going to look for a negative in his game, I would say that would be it. There are right. quicker guards like Rondo's quicker off off the screen by far than than John Wall is, and part of that's just due to the, his kind of frame is kind of long and gangly, and those long gangly frames they kind of don't want to move quite as quick around the picks. As uh, as uh, you know, guys that are a little bit more compact like Bledsoe, I'd say Bledsoe would be a better pick and roll player than John Wall right now. Wow! Because, really? well, because he's just got that he's got the body type for it. Uh, but uh, Wall is, uh, but Wall is a uh, uh, he will learn it and he'll pick it up. So uh, no, that's obviously a big key, you know, to the NBA is your ability to run that play. I mean, the good news for the Wizards is that Gill is a pretty Gill is a pretty strong pick and roll player. So yeah, he is, and he also has Sam Cassell kind of teaching him. So I'm hopeful too. But yeah, that's interesting that you don't think he's, you know, that's still something he has to work on because I figured oh, yeah. he had to work on his shot. You know, I figured he maybe would have to work on kind of you know his quickness. But I thought. Pick and roll wise, he might be able to pick that up pretty quickly, and you seem a little. Well, he skeptical. probably will, but I mean, but he's not. I'm, what I'm saying is, he's not bringing it with him. I got you. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, what? One last thing. I mean, defensively, how is how is he? Because obviously, if you're going to play Wall and Arenas together, one of those two has got to be able to play defense, and it's probably not going to be Gilbert Arenas. Um, you know, John Wall was. Uh, he's the second leading steals guy in Kentucky, but that's kind of. That kind of is a little bit misleading. You know, John Wall is really good. He's like Rondo in this way, and they they have uh-huh. this same. They share this characteristic. If you let a guy like Wall poach, you know, on on defense, let him roam free and poach like they do Rondo a lot with the Celtics. Oh, he's going to kill him. He's going to steal the ball all the time. There's doesn't you know, there's no, he's just going to take it away from him. The problem is when you talk about defense in the NBA, you have to be able to play man to man defense. You know, and you have to be able to to stick with a guy. And Wall was not real good at that at Kentucky. Now mm. I don't know whether that was a lack of commitment or if it was a you know a skill that he needs to develop. But defensively, if you if you ask me, was John a, a great defensive player? No, he he really wasn't great. He was about average. Okay, and he could have he should be a lot better than that. His athletic skills would would tend to lead you to believe that the guy is going to be terrific. But uh, he wasn't at Kentucky, and that's just the way I see it. He had a couple right. of and games where he really was, but you know, I'll be honest with you, uh, you know, from game to game, he really wasn't one of our best defensively. How much of that do you think is just all the, lo- the load he had to carry on offense? Because I remember reading about Blake Griffin last year, and you know, obviously he had he definitely wasn't a great defensive player, but I remember reading about how. He was kind of told not to stay out of foul to stay out of foul trouble because of how important he was to that team. 
Is there any a little bit of similarity there? I know that Kentucky had a lot more talent, but how much of that maybe was kind of the, the load he carried, you know, to push the ball and to run the offense? You know, that's a good question. I think maybe that might be a big part of the reason, although I can't say. Because, you know, Calipari emphasizes defense, and, you know, we play hard defense most of the time. We had some good some players that played really well. So I and, and they were pretty important players. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins blocked a lot of shots, took a ton of charges. And, you know, taking huh. big men like that, taking charges is a real risk in college because that's a risk in the NBA, for God's sake. I mean, you know, yeah. you, you know it's, it's hard to do. Uh, now with the circle thing, they've done a lot better. I've seen a lot more charges called in the NBA, but it used to be almost automatically a defensive foul. You could hardly ever get a charge call. Now, uh, in, in college, it's totally different. But it's still risky for your for your go to big man to be taking all those blocks. I mean, taking all those charges. So he uh, so you got to say that if he was trying to protect Wall, it surely wasn't obvious from the way the other kind of stars were treated. So and it, it could be that Wall you know had more offensive responsibilities and defensive ones. That's possible. I'm not sure I would really necessarily agree with that as far as how Calipari coaches, but, you know, I can't just, I can't tell you it wasn't so. Now, I know, I don't know if Kentucky played a lot of zone or man, but uh, when they did play man, which, which of the two, Waller, Bledsoe, was guarding the shooting guard? Um, it depends, it, you know, it depended, um, quite honestly, on the size, because the size varies a lot. It's, it's, it varies a lot in college, as you know. And if you've got mm-hmm. a big six four shooting guard, you normally would put Wall on him. Uh, Calipari would usually mix and match, depending on who was the better physical matchup for him. Uh, Bledsoe was a better defender uh, overall. And Bledsoe was a very good man-to-man defender. He, he he had some ups and downs, but but as all college players do, especially freshmen. But but the, the, overall, the kid was a better defender than Wall on the ball. No question about it. I got you. Well, it's interesting because, again, like you said, the tools are really there. He measured in it like a six nine and a quarter wingspan, which is approaching oh, Rondo oh, measure. Yeah. Oh yeah, he he's just oh physically, there's no excuse, none. So I I have to think it's either a commitment thing, or maybe it, it is not totally impossible. Cal Perry said, "Look, stay on the floor, okay? You know, don't defend so hard that you get fouled out." And, and to be honest, Wall was never in serious foul trouble the whole year. So that that tells you something. And I'm not hmm. sure what, but it tells you something. <laughs> yeah. No. It's, and 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 the bigs were in foul trouble a lot, right? Oh God, yes. Oh hell yeah. I mean, especially especially um, Cousins all the time. But but Cousins was a physical defender. He really he one great thing about Cousins. I know this is not about John Wall, but. But one of the great things about him is he was the best I've ever seen at keeping his feet on the shot block attempt. He would never leave his feet, mm-hmm. never. And he got a lot of them because of his ridiculous wingspan. Wall was a, was good. Wall blocked a lot of shots, believe it or not, for a, for a guy. But you'd think he would because he can get so high in the right. air. He's got such ridiculously long arms and just you know he's tall to begin with for a guard. Mm-hmm. So he he really got a lot of shots. And he was a good shot blocker. He used to get him, especially, you know, when uh, teams would get down court uh, a little bit ahead of him. He he got I don't know how many of them he would get from behind. He got a lot of them, and he would get them way up in the air. So he he is good that way defensively. And anything where he runs and jumps, he's going to be good at. When it comes to uh-huh. staying on the floor and getting position, not so much. And all the road. 
And I thought I thought it was really cute, and it was so it was completely spontaneous as far as I know. I mean, John, the the, the whole thing happened when uh, we were doing Big Blue Madness, and and they showed John Wall, and he started doing that little thing with his with his <laughs> arm, and it just yeah. developed. It wasn't really a dance; it was just a little, you know, thing. He was, you know, just what you do, you know, when they jump around and carry on and stuff like that. He just started doing a little flex thing. It's just part of his personality. He's like that. He's a very joyful kid. You've never seen a kid smile like he will smile on the basketball court. <laughs> and the John Wall dance is just a reflection of the type of person he is. He lives with great joy. And how, how, how much did that get picked up on campus? I, I mean, I know obviously the oh, team started doing it, but on campus oh, too? God. Oh God, it was it, it it was a little bit sickening, you know. I must tell you, I'm an older guy, okay. I'm not I'm not like some of these kids, you know, like you know, 20 years old. I'm 52, so John Wall dances are kind of like way out of my sort of league in that regard. And you know, I find it a little bit silly, but quite honestly, it was all the rage. People were doing it in the bars, and they were carrying on. It was kind of a running joke. But it was such a it, it was it, it was greatly popular uh, all over the place in Kentucky. I mean, I don't know how many YouTube videos I saw of kids and little girls and stuff doing the John Wall. <laughs> so cute! It just you know you'd have to run to the dentist and get that cavity filled. You know, it was just it was just right. like that. So anyway, but yeah, it was it was it was a big thing. Would you ever do the John Wall dance, or did oh, you ever you do know, the John Wall dance? About, if I had, you know, four or five, you know, good four rows of single barrel shots, I might consider <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Glenn, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I assume you do think you should be the number one pick despite all these drawbacks that we kind of talked about, right? Oh, God, yeah. Look, all his drawbacks, if you took them up and put them into a pile, wouldn't even make a bump compared to all the rest of the guys in the draft, you know, as far as that goes. He's he's a far superior player a- athletically and and emotionally, basketball IQ-wise. I mean, there's nobody that touches him right now. Well, I'm really looking forward to the John Wall era in D.C. We've already been talking about potential nicknames and all this stuff. I mean, it's just so great to be able to have him. Glenn, it was so great to have you, too. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. I enjoyed every minute. Coming from the capital of the nation, my man Chris Weatherslam dunks in your face and you're a son of shots that I sent. Check it, Washington's in the house. Represent, represent. 